Humans, 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 humans. It's a Friday cast. We made it to the weekend, baby. Earliest you can hear this is Friday, October 14th. We did it. We made it to the weekend. We've got a great packed show for you. Packed. I don't know. Sometimes I just start pronouncing words weird that are never the way I've said them. It almost sounds like a weird Chicago accent. Packed. Whatever. We have a great packed show for you. I catch up with an old buddy of mine, Jeff Yarbrough. The guy went to a college football game on a Saturday and a pro game on a Sunday. And I just had to ask him, how did you pull that off? Because that just, that sounds fun in theory, but in practice, I think I would freak out with all that stuff to do. And I asked him about it. We also check in on a listener line. We have a men's blouse submission, folks. If you're new to the show, we look for men's blouses in cinema, and we've racked up quite a quilt of them. We have a quilt of men's blouses here at the show. We have a submission. Stay on the edge of your seat to hear my ruling. And we have been beating up on Apple lately. We have been beating up on the iPhone 14. We have been beating up on the newest Apple Watch. To catch you folks up on what we've been chatting about the last few episodes, <laughs> Apple iPhone 14s have been calling 911 from amusement parks when people have been on roller coasters. And I know I've been talking this point to death, but there's just something else I want to say. You know, there have only been a handful of these incidences, or there's a handful that we know about, right? But that's also, I think, it's just my hypothesis here. When you're on a roller coaster, you know, you you can't get to your phone. You've got some kind of a harness on, and your phone is in your fanny pack, in your cargs. You know, it's you can't get to it. So you can't get to it to like silence it and it says, you know, we've got 45 seconds to, to respond to this or we're going to call 911. I'm curious, how many people are getting false alarms on their phone, but because they're not in a roller coaster situation, they can dismiss it and prevent that call from happening. I'm wondering how often this crash detection is really going off, but if we're all going to be honest in the year 2022... Our phones are right there, and the minute it makes a single vibration, we pick it up. So I wonder how many of those, how many times has crash detection started the process and been stymied because a person can get to their phone quickly? I'm curious. And the other thing I'd like to say about that is I love that the advice right now is if you're going to ride a roller coaster with an iPhone with this crash detection, the advice is put it on airplane mode. That couldn't look worse for Apple. I mean, they want you to have your phone on and activated at all times. Worst case scenario for them is you go airplane mode with it and then say, well, I'm going to ride roller coasters for you know the next hour or two. I may as well just stay on airplane mode. They don't want that. They need, they need, they want that phone on and connected. These apps have your life to track. These apps have data to gather. 
it's so converse to what they want. And I got to say, I love it. I absolutely love that this is backfiring, to me at least, in, in maybe a very small, insignificant way. But I'll take my victories where I can get them. And if you are like Sid, what is this hatred of the watch? What is this hatred of the phone? And, and why so hard at Apple, man? Well, you could go back in the archives and listen to episode 26. The title of that episode is called Apple Watch Ads and Celeste. Celeste is my sister. I interviewed her. She's a psychologist. She's also an outdoors enthusiast. And frankly, I was like, hey, I want your take on these fear-mongering ads. And we rap about it. And uh, we come up with some interesting stuff. So go back and check that out if you haven't before. Episode 26. Sid, you've gone too far. Lay off, dude. Hey, let me know. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Record a voice memo into your smartphone's voice memo app. Hit the share button and email it to listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. And who knows, maybe you have done something that has activated Apple's crash detection, but you were able to turn it off because you weren't in a roller coaster with a harness over you, pressing against your fanny pack. Let me know. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Okay, before we get to my interview with Jeff, let's check in on the listener line. We've got a blouse that hangs in the balance. Again, if you're new to the show, we all we the humans. That's the listeners of that sh- of this show. That's me included. I'm a human too. Don't you know I'm a the human too? We are on the lookout for blouses, men's blouses, in cinema. We're making a quilt of them, a quilt in our mind. We had a fashion expert break down some of what makes a men's blouse as recently. As episode 95, go check that one out. We talked to a fashion expert, Radio Callahan. All right, on to the listener line, on to the call, on to the blouse at hand. Hello, fellow humans. Hello, Sid. It's Brendan here again in Savannah, Georgia. Um, just calling into the listener line because the other night I was watching the uh, the new Jeffrey Dahmer's miniseries on uh, Netflix, and I... Uh, I needed something light after watching it. You know, it was too heavy. It's, it's dark. I needed something to kind of lift me out of that zone. And um, so I put on a classic. I put on some Austin Powers. And uh, Austin Powers, you know, he's extremely stylish. And underneath his velour suit, you know, uh, it was kind of peeking out at the beginning of the movie. I was, I was just wondering to myself, is that a men's blouse? So I keep watching the movie. And sure enough, when he takes that, uh, that velour suit off, feeling his shirt underneath it is blousey it's got uh it's got all types of frills on it um the uh the sleeves are definitely catching some wind if, if he's out there you know without his jacket on and uh i think a nice little touch on it you can see uh the the buttons are very elegant you know very blousey buttons um so yeah so let, me, let me know what you think about it um i definitely think it's a blouse but uh you make that ultimate call Thank you. Thank you, Brendan. And as is typical, except for the Cusack blouse, I am the judge, 
jury and executioner of whether something qualifies as a men's blouse here at the show. Okay. Again, no one told me when I started a podcast that I would be in a situation where I could let my friends down, lose friends. You get it? But this is the situation I'm in. Brendan, Austin Powers. I'm going to be honest. When you first said Austin Powers, by the way, I admire your courage watching Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't have the courage to watch it. When I heard you say Austin Powers, I immediately thought, oh boy, here we go. Here we go. It's a, it's a, it's a slapstick. They're almost making fun of a shirt style that I actually adore. And I have to be honest. Because of that, the chips were a little stacked against you. Because I don't know if Austin Powers takes it seriously. I don't know if they're making fun of nice billowing men's shirts. Or, you know, if, if this was a genuine choice. Genuine. You know, like you said, he's a stylish guy. Uh, so I was prepared to... I was prepared to say no. But the way you described it, the way you brought up the various ear earmarks that make a men's blouse, I have no choice. My hands are tied. Approved. Blouse approved. Brendan, you've earned yourself another Sid Buck. You know, it was really when you talked about that the shirt could really get caught in the wind. The frill, of course, was great. Pointing out the elegant, to quote you, buttons. But really pointing out that the, that the sleeves could catch the wind like a sail. I mean, that really, that hits home with kind of what we're talking about. But folks, I'm going to go ahead and let you know this now. If you start going down this road of stuff that might be making fun of men's blouses. It's, it's dangerous territory. And, and if it hurts my feelings about this, if I feel like they're making fun of this shirt that I actually adore, I, I might not be so nice next time. I'm, I'm, or maybe not nice. I might not be so fair next time. This time, I ruled in the spirit of fairness. He, he gave a great presentation. You know, I'm still wondering if, if Mike Myers was doing this shirt justice or if it was just, you know, a gag. And so I'll say this, just so you guys know where I stand, I'm putting a flag in the sand, a stake in the ground, and I'm going to say Jim Carrey in the mask when he's doing the Cuban Pete part where he's dancing with maracas to some Latin music and he's got this blue, shiny shirt with ruffled sleeves. The shirt, torso-wise, a little tightish. The sleeves, incredible ruffle. But I don't trust the honesty. I just, I want, I want to make an example and say, 
That's never going to count. And so maybe use that as your guide. It just, I don't know if they're making fun of it or not. I don't know if Jim Carrey is down for that. And so I'm just going to say it now. That's off limits. Don't submit it. If you submit it, you'll be subject to some sort of a ban. Uh, so just tread lightly on the comedy. Because if I feel like they're making fun of the shirt, I may not be so fair. I might get my feelings hurt and be irrational. Thank you, Brandon. Congratulations on your Sid Buck. And folks, it's a long time coming, but we'll get the list and visuals of these men's blouses up on the website, sydneyhollishow.com. I can only imagine it would be sydneyhollishow.com slash men's blouses. But, uh, you know, just, just head over to the homepage and we'll see what we make it. Okay, on to our aforementioned interview. Uh, let's me and Jeff take it away. His name is Jeff Yarbrough. He's one of the two famous Yarbrough brothers. They they will be fixtures on this cast. We've heard from his brother before. He gave us boots on the ground at a college football game last year. He went to two sporting events in two days last week. It sounds harrowing. I've got to find out. Welcome to the show, Jeff Yarbrough. Jeff, welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. Thank you, Sid. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank it's you for having me. It's a pleasure to hear your voice. It's a pleasure to have you on. So, you know, a little backstory. You and I met in college. Uh, we we are fraternity brothers. We were fraternity brothers. I guess we'll be fraternity brothers when we go to Chapter Eternal. <laughs> Correct. That's right. I think uh, I was. Uh, we met back in uh, what would have been my freshman year of uh, college in 2002. Wow, dude. 2002. Uh, those were the days, man. What, going to some Vols games. We lived in the fraternity house together. You once you once tricked me into walking into your room and you farted like one foot away from my face. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, I, I, yes, I, I believe that happened. It, uh, it, it seems like something I, I, I would have done or would still do today. So. You know, not to sound too sophomoric, but there was a little bit of a game around there where we'd kind of like fart at each other. And it was just, I mean, my hat's off to you because it was so perfect. You were like on the ladder to your bunk bed and your, <laughs> and your bunk bed was right, the ladder was right at the door. So if someone was like on the ladder and you went in your room, you had to pass right by them and you were in boxer shorts, regular, you know, typical boxers not boxer briefs and you're like hey Sid and I like walked into your room and right when I walked in you blasted me I mean I bet my hair went back honestly oh man <clears throat> yeah yeah they were probably uh you know you know right like you said regular uh boxer shorts nothing nothing too thick so it was it probably was 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 <laughs> holding much back there so i apologize for that <laughs> and you know all my hairdressers always tell me i have angel hair so it must have just it, it must have really gone up you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> slick as bad sure so jeff you live in birmingham alabama we went to college together at ut university of tennessee and i you know it just so happens that last weekend you went to the Tennessee Vols versus LSU game 
away game for the Vols in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And then the following day, you went to the Saints game. And I am intrigued on what it was like to go to two major sporting events two days in a row. Yeah. Um, well, it, it was uh, it was absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, kind of currently living that uh, domestic uh, suburban life, so to speak, with uh, with two young two young kids. Uh, uh, the oldest just turned seven and uh, the youngest will be four in November. So, uh, you know, between work and, uh, you know, kind of the family life, so to speak, there's <clears throat> not a whole lot of time for the uh, for the extracurriculars. So um, I, I was really looking forward to this and just kind of the backdrop for it uh, is that uh, my older brother, Jim, that you that you referenced earlier, also a, a UT grad. Um, he was turning 40 or he turned 40 on, uh, on October 4th. Oh, uh, wow. Same day as my son turning seven. Yeah. So, uh, Jim and I both got a, <clears throat> got some away game tickets this year for, uh, for, for Tennessee and living in New Orleans. Um, it's a, it's a short trip for, for Jim over to Baton Rouge. So we planned, uh, to go to the, to the LSU game. Um, and he's also, uh, a season ticket holder for, for the saints. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize um, so, that. Yeah, he he is, uh, and uh, and so we kind of just you know set this up as a as a weekend to uh, come down and um, you know have a have a football fiesta on uh, on Saturday and uh, and Sunday. I mean, well, first of all, the setup sounds incredible. You guys have a reason, like you said, you're you're living domestic life. You you have a good job. You have a family. You you're doing it all. And you've got a little time for you and your brother. Now, I guess here's where my here's like where my big question is. Sometimes I get these big ideas in my head, and then I tack on another idea and another idea. And in planning, it sounds fun, but then leading up to it, not even in practice, but that that moment leading up to things, I'm like, oh my god, I've done too much. Did you did you have any? Like when you were getting ready for the Vols game on Saturday or at the Vols game on Saturday or afterwards, was any part of you like, oh, Jesus, I've got to do this all again for a pro game tomorrow? Did any of you feel that way? Uh, no, I, I can't say so. Um, and, you know, we I got into to, to, uh, New Orleans like Friday evening. Uh, we had a, you know, a nice dinner downtown. Did you go to Commander's Palace? No, that's definitely on the list. Uh, uh, it's um, God, the guy's name escapes me. A place called a uh, restaurant called Pesh in New Orleans, which is the uh, the hot jam. And uh, Jim, I think, had already been there twice that week. Uh, but anyway, it was, so it was kind of a birthday dinner dinner for Jim. But our our, our plan to leave uh, leave New Orleans uh, uh, the next day uh was uh, based around the kind of kickoff being a, at 11 a.m and so we kept it kept it relatively light there uh friday evening and uh got out the door at uh eight o'clock on on uh, saturday morning and it's about just over an hour drive to, to baton rouge but when you consider game day traffic and all that stuff you know try to try to pad a little bit of extra time so um you know, we stopped halfway down for a, uh, a bathroom break. I think I think the dinner for the night before and <laughs> the, the the beers and rich food I was having like in, in the days prior to all that were finally catching up to me. 
Um, All the beignets. Oh, yeah. Found found a lovely Chick-fil-A in Gonzales, Louisiana, off of I-10 to uh, go in there and uh, and, and handle business. Um, (laughs) But uh, stopping in the Circle K next door, uh, you know, then it struck me that, oh, yeah, you're in Louisiana and they they sell liquor everywhere here. (laughs) So um, so grabbed a little, uh, you know, a a little uh, uh, vodka uh, for for the remainder of the uh, the drive and. and uh, Red Bull too, to you know, think I could, you know, that that helps, uh, you know, kind of keep you up while keeping going. But uh, so anyway, I, nothing, nothing too kind of crazy coming into the game or, or getting to that point of, you know, uh, you know, alcohol induced anxiety uh, about uh, kind of overloading and not being able to handle both, uh, both uh, the Saturday game and the Sunday game. But uh, you know, it was it was incredibly exciting because again, just spending good quality time with my brother on his birthday, going to a <clears throat> to a game and cheering for a team that has been uh, for the last uh, you know sixteen seventeen years, you know, pretty uh, pretty pretty down and out, you know, hard times for the for the Vols stand. So yeah. was excited about this, and uh, we actually um, uh, my brother is a is a logistical master. And uh, he, he's gone to games here before too. So our plan was to park at this casino nearby and then take the shuttle in, um, which is supposed to drop you off right outside the stadium. But we ended up getting uh, <clears throat> caught in some more severe traffic on this two-lane road than expected. So I love we, the we word got there a little severe. bit later. Severe traffic? Yeah, just very severe. It sounds like weather. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that that might be that might be a, a kind of window dressing the the traffic a little too much. It, it was uh, it, it was just it was just lower than expected, and and all the uh, LSU fans on on the bus with her, with us uh, rather just for saying this wasn't wasn't the norm. Okay. But uh, anyway, so uh, we're, we're we're making our way in, and um, and getting excited about the game, and and kind of leading up to this, and in, in terms of any anxiety, I thought well. You know LSU uh, is a is a tough place to play football, and I've heard the, you know the, the fans always travel really well, and I think drink and party really well. But you know there there could be some some risk of uh, you know some getting some liquids thrown on you or something like that. But it couldn't have been any different. And you know uh, the uh, I think the median age of our, our our bus companions was you know 60 years old or so. A lot of a lot of hokas on those feet, you know. So very very calm, very very nice, uh, accommodating people. Um, Wait, what's a hoka? Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's the uh, the running shoes that have the oh. uh, super high foam soles. That they're a favorite of boomers, and the the podiatrist is like best aid. And I think you can get prescription hokas too, but medicinal. They are, and I only brought that up to just to mention just the, um, you know, kind of the the the, uh, the fans, the LSU fans that we were we were riding with. And they couldn't have been more nice and more cordial, and it was uh, it was actually a a fun ride into the game. Um, and and they were so kind to to tell us how to get back to this bus, like where the bus would be parked uh, when we uh, when we returned, uh, where to where to pick it up, which ended up. Uh, being part of a story later, uh, later in the afternoon, but um, it, it was it was exciting. You know, Tennessee had some some hype behind it. <clears throat> Very cautiously optimistic. Like I've really kind of learned to manage my expectations with Tennessee football 
in the last like you know again 15 16 years to where yeah. i don't get you know upset too much you know i just i kind of have this uh i don't know if it's a if it's a finnish or a danish mindset of just kind of expecting bad things to happen <laughs> so when they do like you're not really disappointed so like well i was like that ah, probably was going to happen anyway um and so that's kind of how i've, I've been approaching like the the football so um anyway i was you know but a bit excited to be there nonetheless and we're, we're 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 kind of trying to rush into the stadium and uh you hear the you know the fireworks go off and the team's out there and <clears throat> we're trying to watch the game on the phone and um uh and all this stuff and and everything's kind of going going tennessee's way and i'm thinking like you know someone's still going to say something to us so there's going to be some you know kind of uh you know uh, hate or trash talk in the way in but it was all just very quiet and <clears throat> people kind of going about their business but it was funny because this this one these these two guys we did pass, and they were probably brothers too, probably about the same age, an LSU <laughs> fan. But we were, I mean, my brother and I were talking, and there wasn't really anybody around, but we walked by and just slowly. I could hear the guy just turn his head just softly and say, fuck you. And it was just like, and, and it was more comedic than anything because I like to think in his mind, you know, he was telling his buddies all week about how he was going to get in somebody's ass and do all this stuff. And, you know, like finally like the opportunity passed and he saw us coming. He was like, I'm going to get these fuckers, you know, and, uh, and, and he just said it so softly, so subtly as if, to, you know, as if he was like whispering in my ear. And uh, I, I found that to actually be like really, really funny. I mean, I didn't even turn around and acknowledge it, but more or less just kind of like, thinking about it did that really just happen like that's awesome and uh and so uh that that was all great but uh you know in in the uh i don't know if it's all college football stadiums but in the in the sec or some of the stadiums they started selling um beer uh like beer and wine oh right uh, a couple years ago so you you know there was always concern about you know kind of you know kind of pre-gaming and, and, and having drinks and getting in there and kind of sobering up and um, that having an effect on your demeanor. But, uh, you know, you could get, get two cold domestic beers for uh, the price of $18. And uh, <laughs> so that kind of, you know, kind of kept me fluid throughout the game. But uh, that was fantastic. And then just like the quality of the game itself was, was amazing. And we had great seats in the Tennessee visitor section next to the band. So it was great you know, kind of ecosystem, uh, and, uh, you know, Tennessee fans all around you. So that was, uh, that was awesome. And then the game, uh, went in Tennessee's direction, uh, you know, from, from start to finish. And it was, uh, never a moment of that, that concern or disappointment, which I think someone might say, well, that's kind of boring. And, you know, if you're, uh, you know, not, to, you know, kind of be on the edge of your seat the whole time, but again, I think, Tennessee's had a very tough go of it. So to <laughs> just have play after play, just, you know, put a smile on your face. It, it was awesome. That's and, uh, fantastic. Sorry, I, I went too far, went, went too far down the path of, of the, that specific game, but it, Dude, you're uh, painting it us a picture. You're painting us a picture. I mean, I, first of all, I love it, dude. I mean, I've, I've, I remember when LSU played at Tennessee when it was a home game when I was in school, and uh, I can't remember if you were there yet or not. I think maybe you weren't there yet. And I remember the fans being really nice, even as away fans. Like like someone invited me to have some jambalaya. It was really interesting, considering 
you know, what jerks, well, not jerks, but how you expect opposing fans to be. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can, I can believe that. And I don't know, my, my kind of sentiment walking away from that. No, granted, we weren't in the student section. I think, I think that's something that's a, a whole different ball game. When you're, when you're rivals in your student section, <clears throat> there's, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, stability, but I think that's also, you know, <laughs> where, the, where the majority of the, the hostility comes from at times, but yeah, the, uh, the, I'd just say the, the LSU fans couldn't have been more uh, nice and accommodating from the, people on the bus to the fans that were outside when you know everybody was leaving. Um, it, it was, again, it was a, it was a pretty big score differential. I mean, they, they didn't, there, it wasn't too much for them to celebrate, but they were, they were you know, very, very kind and the same thing. And people invited you to come by and have a beer with them. Uh, it was, it, it was a great environment. I, I'd go back there to heartbeat. So you're at the game, you're in the sun. Like you said, it was an 11 a.m. kickoff, 12, p.m. Eastern, uh, you know, and again, you you sound very cool, calm, and collected, Jeff. Like, like, you know, none of you was thinking like, oh, I've got to, like, get up and do this again in New Orleans, or you're like, my brother's such a logistical guy. Like, I feel taken care of. I actually don't have to worry about anything. I'm in a very safe space right now. It's a very accurate description. Yeah, Jim. Uh, Jim drove us down, knew where he was going, what we were doing. So I, 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 I uh, you know, was able to uh, disengage that uh, part of my brain that was concerned about, uh, you know, the, uh, the the logistics of getting getting in and getting out, and uh, and all of that piece. So that that also added certainly to the uh, to my uh, my state of mind, and. Uh, uh, throughout the whole thing, but it it really was uh, like the thing the first time in a long time where I just felt like a consistent amount of just natural joy and endorphins um, <laughs> pump, pumping through my through through my body uh, for for an extended period of time uh, that was uh, you know <clears throat> chemically induced. You felt and, like a uh, um, you felt like a sixty year old guy taking a Viagra, and you feel all your capillaries open up just a little bit. That's right. That 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 would be a that would be accurate. <laughs> so you get done with Baton Rouge. I uh, you know you make your way back to New Orleans at some point, and uh, now you have a pro game to attend. I mean, like tell me, tell the listeners, you know, what are the differences? I mean, is one more homegrown? Is one more glitzy? Or am I just or am I just thinking that? You know, I haven't, I haven't been to too many <clears throat> NFL games uh, in, in, in my life. Those that I have been to at the pro level are, I would say, a little bit more hyped up, um, you know, pr- production-wise. Production-wise than, like, uh, maybe, maybe a college does. But, but I'd say two different, very different environments, I think. Especially at the at the college level, it's um, I mean, especially if you, if you go to school there, there's a there's a much you know stronger sense of pride and uh, and tradition, so to speak, uh, based around that, and uh, you know more 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 heart in that. Um, okay. And and I think that the um, <clears throat> so that's one thing that, that I think that's a certain atmosphere in, in the. And then, like the uh, the the Saints game that we went to, and that kind of pro atmosphere is, is different. 
Um, but you know, I'd say also in a, in a very good way, and you've got, I mean, you know, it, you don't have to be tied to, you know, to a university, so to speak, to, to be a fan of that team. You could be from the city, from the area, or just that be your team. And, uh, that was also, I mean, kind of a, a real nice and special experience in terms of the atmosphere and, and the, uh, you know, in terms of like the saints, uh, and, and their fan base and the, uh, the Caesars, you know, Superdome, it's uh, it's a pretty incredible place to, to watch a football game. And uh, they get quite hyped up and people are, you know, out there party. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's Louisiana, it's, it's, uh, it's New Orleans. So they're going, they're, they get going very early. <laughs> and so that, that was, uh, that was something really cool to see and, and, and to experience and um, they kind of fanfare outside and getting in there and, um, you know, so so in kind of leading up to that, there wasn't a a great deal of anxiety. Um, you know, at that point, I, I did have to drive home after the game, which was a kind of a very boring uh, five to six hour drive. So that was, you know, it, it, that part of it started to seep in a little bit, but certainly didn't didn't spoil the time. Fair enough. Now you're in New Orleans. Now was this and you're obviously Central Time. Uh, which you told me off air before we started was the most vanilla of the time zones. Um, so was that a noon kickoff for the Saints? It was. Yeah, yeah. So uh, noon noon kickoff for that. And uh, you could expect the game to run for about three and a half hours or so. And, um, but uh, uh, <clears throat> it was an exciting game to watch. And um, <clears throat> rolled out of town just after, after four o'clock. So, but, uh, the time between, you know, uh, getting out there and getting into town and by the time we left, it was, uh, it, it was an awesome experience. And, um, I'd say just because of the, you know, the kind of the school pride thing again, that, you know, for, for me, the, uh, the LSU game was more, was certainly, uh, you know, I think more on the line. Uh, and then going to the Saints game, but it, it was uh, it, it was cool. And New Orleans has been off to a slow start, and they got a win in a kind of a back-to-back game. So the fans were were really pumped up and uh, and excited about that. And at halftime, uh, unbeknownst to me, the the Sugar Hill Gang came oh. out for a performance. And uh, if you remember that uh, song, Party Delight. Um, of course that that had to happen so I felt like, well, i'd never see these guys anywhere um you know I, it, you know I, I probably would go out of my way to, uh, to to find the sugar hill gang but uh <laughs> now i can say that i've seen them um and the uh you know i can tell people i was you know i went to the sugar hill gang show in the uh, superdome is how i'll i'll phrase it <laughs> in the caesars uh superdome um now you watched one game outdoors. You watched another game indoors. How was the air conditioning? Uh, it was it was cold. It was luxurious. <laughs> um, but 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 the weather and but the, the the weather the the day before was not not hot. You know, terribly hot. It was nice, and uh, the, I mean, the weather in New Orleans on Sunday morning was was incredible. The afternoon it felt like a like a kind of a a nice just uh, light fall day so you know even there it could have been it could have been um it could have been open air and it would have been would have been incredible but the uh now the 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 uh the superdome itself i think they renovated it 
<clears throat> I don't know how many years ago, you know, kind of after after Katrina, but uh, it's it's nice. It's uh, it's a, it's a great setup. It used to be called the FEMA Superdome, right? <laughs> yeah, I I think I think it was there for 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 a short while. But uh, excuse my yeah, uh, excuse yeah. my joke there. <laughs> What's that? I said excuse my joke there. So oh, no, no, you said your brother. You said your brother's a logistical genius. Now, what uh, what was his um, what was his process from getting you guys from church to the game on time? I assume you guys attended mass <laughs> that morning. We 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 missed uh, we missed mass that morning because we uh, we picked up uh, a five o'clock in, in in Baton Rouge uh, <laughs> on the way out of town. We didn't have time for for a confession, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, his uh, his wife Rachel actually has a uh, 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 she she's an attorney and uh, in New Orleans and works for I believe the the bar association. I uh, probably got that got that wrong, but um, her office uh, they they have a, a secured parking spot in a um, in a uh, street level garage um, that's probably you know, eight blocks from the from the stadium. So. But anyway, Jim has this very well mapped out. You know, we're, we're, we we ride from his house to the parking spot. Traffic's not terrible on the way in. We get there about <clears throat> two hours early, hour and a half early, and uh, and uh, park. Meet uh, meet an, an old uh, an old friend of ours uh, uh, at a at a bar at, at the Ace Hotel. Oh, um, if you're familiar with that, apparently the the Ace uh, opened up down there a few years back, and it's kind of a a hot place to, to be so ponied up at the bar for uh <clears throat> for about an hour and then and, and caught up before walking uh walking into the to the dome however he was thinking ahead in <clears throat> his previous experience uh this uh this season on getting through the security lines and uh, tickets and apparently that had been a real um a real uh, a real mess and uh an or an organized so we we planned we 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 started to go through security about 45 minutes before halftime because of this uh, these 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 past issues they've had but they seem to have gotten that addressed so we just kind of cruised on on through the security and uh, and got into the dome early. Oh wow! Wait, yeah. When you said halftime, you meant like? If I said halftime, I meant kickoff. Kickoff, kickoff. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So you're in the Superdome. I mean. Were either Manning was either Manning there? I feel like those guys are like synonymous with the Caesar Superdome in some way. You know that that seems like a, a strong possibility because <clears throat> someone told me that <clears throat> Peyton Manning had flown down with the uh, <clears throat> with the Tennessee football team on um, Thursday night or or Friday night, whenever they flew from Knoxville to. Uh, to uh, Baton Rouge, so I think that would that could have been a strong possibility. I like to think that there's always some kind of Manning in and around New Orleans, <laughs> or the uh, or the Saints of the Superdome, just doing something fantastic or awesome. Or, um, but uh, I, I can't I can't validate that. But uh, I like to think that someone was there. And now, who was the opponent for the Saints? It was the Seahawks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I failed to get into the details of the game, but yeah, it's the <clears throat> Seattle Seahawks and um, 
coming in, you know, from the Pacific Northwest and they've had a little bit of a slow start too, but, uh, it, uh, it, it was a hard fought game. So Jeff, I mean, you're making this sound like a dream and I'm glad to hear that because I'm pretty youthful. I would like to believe, I mean, I'm 41. I, I, I feel like I look like a, a haggard 27. I look like a 27 year old that lived on top of a box car for a few years, you know? Um, and, but as youthful as I feel, I do get a little bit of like curmudgeonness or I don't know if it's just real realistic to my own personality. I used to plan trips and plan every minute, you know, we got to be doing this, this, and this. And I realized I was getting a little stressed and then to hear that you've had this great time doing two major things two days in a row gives me hope that there's more to life than just doing one thing and then going to a hotel room and eating like a 20 milligram weed gummy. Like you're kind of giving me hope that I, I can go in public more than once in two days. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I hope to have been an inspiration for you, Sydney, to, to, to venture out. And I'll say too, um, and I think about it, <clears throat> talking to other people of a, you know, of, of a, of a similar age and kind of family status, you, you know, uh, when you think about like, especially like college sports are probably professional too. There's this, you know, kind of common theme of like, well, I could have gone to the game or had the opportunity to go to the game, but I'd rather sit on my couch in the, in the air condition, um, with, you know, much cheaper booze. And watch it on you know crystal clear high definition television, and not have to get up or worry about anything. And uh, I've certainly, uh, you know, kind of <clears throat> been in that camp for the uh, for the last several years, um, many years probably. But uh, I, I went to a game in Knoxville last year, the Georgia game, and it's the first time I'd been <clears throat> been there in <clears throat> five or six years, and that certainly renewed my interest and. Um, and getting out. Honestly, dude, I, I'm not even kidding. I think I needed this call. Like, because I think, you know, between <clears throat> old, getting a little bit older and also the being the, the luxury of being stuck inside for so much of COVID, I've become a little anti doing things. And I was thinking about doing some things this weekend. I'm actually thinking about going to the UT bar for the UT Bama game. And I've been kind of talking myself out of it because I was like, Oh, well, if I watch it at home, I have a, like, like I have my couch, I have the game volume, I have this and that. And I was just like, yeah, but you might want to be around. It'd be fun to be around people and like, go do something like you're kind of getting me a little bit hyped here just to, to rejoin the public in a bigger way. Absolutely, sir. I, I uh, as your, <clears throat> as your attorney, <laughs> I would advise you to go and. Hey, I would advise you to go and do that this weekend. Now, Jeff, one last observation here, and I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been incredible. Is it possible? Because efficiency and logistics have come up a couple of times. Is it possible that efficient and planned out logistics add to like oh? I can let loose because I know that these variables that typically stress me out are actually very buttoned up and taken care of. 
I'd say that that would be uh, that would be an accurate statement. Um, and I think about like a, like a travel agency, <laughs> like I, I never understood, especially like you know with uh, with you know high speed internet and that kind of coming, you know, uh, about like why you would ever need to pay someone to do things that you could do for yourself. Um, but I think that there that there is a uh, uh, peace of mind and certainly a um, a value and I've never used a travel agent uh, <laughs> but in setting something up for you where it's just you need to be you want to go from you want to do this this and that and I don't you know just just make it happen and uh, and take care of everything for me out of sight out of mind and uh, all I need to do is uh, is uh, show up and uh I'm, I'm writing a book called tell me where to stand um and uh it's just a, it's just about being where you need to be and uh and letting someone else do all the heavy lifting for you <laughs> tell me where to stand i mean i picture i'm picturing like a groomsman you know a groomsman is waiting for someone to tell him where to stand well, I, it's kind of more akin to like uh maybe like family photos or like things like that <laughs> You know, uh, it, it, I thought about it more in like uh, those, those kind of difficult situations or something like that, or just you know, tell me, tell me where to stand. Now, Jeff, I, I I am planning on letting you go, and I do appreciate you being on the show, but I would be remiss in not asking. I feel like we've heard from Siri like two or three times. Um, now, is that is that your phone? Or are you prompting Siri by things you're saying? Uh, I've got I've got an Apple Watch, and uh, <laughs> I, I gave it to I gave it to my wife for uh, her birthday. She had had one that was like several years uh, uh, several several years older, and she said, "You know what? I've I've got this one. You can just have it for your birthday," which was a month later. So I said, "Great," and uh, just took it. So uh, I, I don't know. I I haven't fully figured it out. I shouldn't say that. Like uh, like I'm not wearing hokas. <laughs> but um, but uh, sometimes it just it, it goes off. I, I don't understand the uh, if I'm pressing something or what. So I apologize for the no. uh, for the interruption. Honestly, it's nothing to apologize about. We we've been really interested in here um, about Apple Watches specifically and the new Apple uh, iPhone 14. Um, not to put you on the spot here or make you feel badly. We sometimes criticize the Apple Watch and the fear-mongering advertisements, and we're really fired up about the crash detection. I don't know if you've heard this. The crash detection in Apple Watches and iPhones uh, has been going off when people have been on roller coasters and calling 911 from amusement parks. I haven't heard that, but that's actually that's that's interesting. <laughs> kind of kind of funny. Um, I think it's funny, you know. Um, Especially like the calls are the because it's the Apple, it's the iPhone calling 911. So they're not like saying, Oh, we're calling from Six Flags Great America. They're like calling from longitude 41 9 or something. Oh man, yeah, my mistake, mistaken for some kind of like uh plane crash or something like that. I don't know. That's uh, that's 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 interesting. Yeah. Hey, and, and I, on, on this topic of logistics, I, I want to uh, just quickly see if, if, remind you of, of, of a story 
from the from the college days because I think it it kind of ties into this. Please, uh, some of the things we've been talking about. But uh, I think it, it was your your last semester at uh, at UT, um, which would have been my my sophomore year and your like seventh or eighth uh, senior year. <laughs> um, but it was like they they had like I think they this was just like when they had invented fall break. And I was talking to somebody about this today, like when they when when fall break became like a like a thing. Um, and I, so I think we were off like on a Friday and a Monday, or it was like a Thursday and Friday, and I can't recall. But we were in in your room, um, all messed up on one of your your mixes. Um, <laughs> I, I think that was in a that you made in a in a Rubbermaid bin, and we we came up with this idea that we were going to go on this fall break adventure involved going up to to, to Puxatawney and. And we, we kind of, we started like, we put up like some, something on the back of your door and started, started drawing like a map. <laughs> and I think, you know, I said, well, we'll, we'll take a, we'll take a, a Greyhound to, uh, to Philadelphia, you know, some, some friends up there, we'll stay with them and party with them for the night before, you know, finding some other means of transportation to get to Puxatani, you know, and, and the thought of, you know, showing up there, um, real gassed up to see the, uh, <laughs> to see the groundhog and kind of check into that off the list. So <laughs> we, we had come up with this, this kind of pseudo scheme, but we're, we're into doing something. And then the next morning I had this, uh, I had this, this anxiety, this fear of, uh, of actually executing on this, right. <laughs> this, this kind of coming back into play. And I think I really let you down there by uh, kind of, you know, you know, helping create this uh this this really good plan or half plan yeah uh which no doubt would have been a lot of fun um but you know went the conservative route and, and exited out and uh, i think just went home for the weekend or something something lame like that but i i recall it you you carried on with the adventure and you didn't make it up to, to pennsylvania but you did go on a uh i think on a, on a solo camping trip or something like that. Maybe maybe up to North Carolina or, or somewhere along the line. Maybe maybe you stayed in the in the, in the state of Tennessee or somewhere. But no, that's uh, true. Yeah, I I did end up venturing off alone, and I, my goal was to go to the Northeast. Absolutely, and I made it as far as outside of Blacksburg, Virginia, and. And I looked for a state park as the sun was starting to go down, and I found one. And I pitched my tent, and then I drove to a country store and bought a 12-pack of Miller High Life and some hot dogs. And I camped alone <laughs> in this state park. And it's the only time I've ever camped alone. And when I say alone, I mean no one else was there. It was not, you know, it was, it was, it was not camping season it was already a little too chilly and uh all like i i, I drank the beers i don't know if i finished the 12 pack or not Th these days i would have easily but uh <laughs> i stayed awake and eventually i well this is before smartphones i remember i did all of the cooking and then i ate and then i put the things away and i was like oh there's not much else to do you know and I didn't have a phone. I kind of stared at the fire for a while and I had this grand plan to get my life in order and like, you know, um, 
make a big gesture to the woman I was dating at the time. <laughs> and then I uh, I tried to go to bed and I heard critters all night long. And it's I, I've never gotten a worse night's sleep in my life. <laughs> oh, man. And I woke up the next morning and abandoned the trip and drove back to Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> For, for 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 fear of um, from from the from the poor night's sleep and uh, maybe some boredom or or was it fear from executing th- the rest of the plan? The logistics weren't in play at that point. So <laughs> was that was that part of the uh, you know throwing them towel? Yeah, a little bit. I think you like you weren't there to help me with like you were a logistical master yourself, you know. So I didn't have that warm blanket. I had the fear of the unknown. I had the fear of taking the first step towards the rest of my life, which was terrifying, you know. And uh, and you know, a few raccoons and stray cats walking through your campsite, you know, will just uh, it'll make your mind run wild. Uh, yeah, that's the truth. I've been there. I I would agree with that. And so, oddly enough, um, this is all coming back to me. My parents were out of town from Savannah that weekend. So I went from having camped on like a Thursday night to driving back to Knoxville, dropping off my stuff. And and I don't know if I spent the night there or not. And then going to Savannah, even though my parents weren't home for the weekend. And then leaving before I saw them. (laughs) And just abandoning everything. Well, while you were home, I uh, I hope that you put in a uh, a doctored report card uh, in your mailbox for them to find. Everything's going fine here. <laughs> oh man! Well, Jeff, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. I I I mean this when I say it. I don't think this is going to be your last time. Uh, you're going to be a great correspondent, a great, a great fellow human, a great member of the show. Thanks for coming on and doing this. Well, thanks for having me, Sid. Uh, love the show. Love you as a person, and I and I appreciate you reaching out and uh, and getting me involved. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate it. Well, folks, that was a convo with my old buddy Jeff Yarbrough. Thanks again, Jeff. And just to clear up that last little tale. That did take place over fall break of 2003. Uh, There was a little confusion there because we were talking about Groundhog Day as well. And I think we had cooked up two separate plans on the same night. I did have the goal of going to the Northeast, and we had talked about going to Philadelphia. Uh, But naturally, Groundhog Day is February 2nd. So I think we were kind of planning, hey, let's do something this next few days and hey let's do something in the future and you know obviously that's why that didn't quite add up anyway thanks again humans we have the halloween costume contest coming up what is it it's an audio halloween costume contest brought to you by truck and son truck and son odd jobs in savannah georgia and the surrounding area call 912 596-7879 to quote the man himself I'll do pretty much anything he does kitchen remodels he does bathroom remodels he'll even do stuff much less intense like raking leaves 
Again, Truck and Son Odd Jobs, 912-596-7879 if you're in the Savannah, Georgia area. Truck and Son is the sponsor of the Sydney Hollis Show Audio Halloween Costume Contest. What is that, you ask? You just call in and you say what you would wear. And it's got to be in line with the humor of this show. Probably a character from a TV or a movie or something. And uh, if you're a regular listener, you kind of already get it. If you don't, we'll talk about it more. Submissions are due Wednesday morning, October 26th. Thank you, humans. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.